If you are watching this, then you have just finished Final Fantasy and you probably desperately want to talk about it or hear people talk about it. It is that kind of game. Don't worry, we're here for you. This is GameSpot's Final Fantasy VII Remake Spoiler Cast. I am John Lee and I am joined by Tamor Hussein. Hi. Uh, Phil Hornshaw. Hey. And Nick Sherman. Hey, guys. Uh, we were all people who... Uh, had it in the office a little early, played through the game, um, and yeah, we're just going to basically talk about uh, everything that happened in the game. It's a lot. I think uh, a good way to start this would be to kind of go through and get everyone's basic opinion of the game, as well as maybe your experience with Final Fantasy. Uh, to start with, I never played Final Fantasy VII. I think I was the only person uh, who got it who didn't play the original game, so I have a, a fairly unique perspective, but... To my surprise, I ended up loving this game. Uh, what about you, Phil? Uh, I'm also a really big fan of this game. I had a great time. Um, I played Final Fantasy VII way back in 1997 when it came out, and it was, you know, had a really big impact on me um, as a person who really likes story and video games. It was one of the first times that I like really encountered a game that really went hard on story like that. Made me a big SquareSoft. Um, RPG fan for the next few years after that. So uh, I've been looking forward to this kind of in a cautiously optimistic way because I feel like a lot of those games haven't really aged well that I used to love. Um, but I had a I had an awesome time. I thought it was exactly what I wanted Final Fantasy VII uh, to be. It was like the way I wish that Final Fantasy VII had been told and like played in 1997, this is that game. And uh the way that it expands on the characters especially is just awesome. I had a great time. Heck yeah. Uh, what about you, Nick? Uh, so like you, Phil, I played it um, back in 1997, and I think back then it took me like a year to beat it because I was just a kid. Um, but it's been my favorite game of all time since then. Uh, I think it was the first game that I played that really cemented uh, the belief that video games could be more than just platformers, because back then I'd just been playing Sonic the Hedgehog and Crash Bandicoot. So I can assuredly say I would not be here where I am without Final Fantasy VII. And I beat it earlier this week, and like you, I loved it as well. Uh, I didn't love everything they did, um, but it's still... I mean, it's obviously my favorite game of this year so far, um, <laughs> considering it's only April, but uh, it was everything I wanted it to be and more. It I can't believe to say this but it lived up to my expectations um very curious what you all think of the ending we'll get we'll get into that in a bit i imagine um but yeah it's uh it's uh something else uh heck yeah yeah happy to have you on this uh i know you're 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 this is your first time being on a a, a podcast like this uh but yeah, we had to get ever. you on because you're just such a a, a huge fan in the office your your love for this game i feel like always shines through it is a very full circle moment for me that's for sure <laughs> yeah uh and then tomorrow i feel like i imagine most people listening to this probably know what you think since you reviewed the game but uh for those mm -hmm. who haven't why don't you let them know yeah so my experience with final fantasy 7 is it's probably the last of the classics i played um I grew up in a environment where a lot of the games that I was first exposed to were through watching other people play, specifically my cousins. And um, I watched them play 
eight first of all was the first one i saw them but they always had posters for final fantasy 7 in their room um i never played it myself so i became a fan of final fantasy through eight um which i know is going to be controversial because people have different opinions of eight but i love eight my first personal final fantasy that i got and played on my own without you know being uh, shepherded by a family member was nine and it remains one of my favorites and i think my love of seven is from, from of eight and nine kind of just I felt responsible to play 7 and I played 7 and I played it quite a long time after it was available, um, launched sorry, and I loved it. Um, there was a lot of heart in that game and it's it's a game that sticks stuck with me and like Nick said it's one of the games that contribute to the idea that um, you know games could be more and it was something that I wanted to continue thinking about. Um, so it's, it's one of the formative games in my life as well. Um, and I've been a fan of various entries in that series since. Um, at the very least, I've paid attention to the series um, and the franchise since. And obviously, my opinions of this game are document and are a, a <laughs> matter of record at this point. Um, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Um, I imagine a lot of people are going to be wondering why I gave it a 10 out of 10 and I don't think we'll get too deep into that here but you can read the review on gamespot.com you can watch the video review which um, Jean-Luc put a magnificent edit of together on um, on YouTube um, you can also check out the Gamespot After Dark podcast where we talk about it as one of the segments at length and I believe there should be a small video around that specific discussion point coming out soon but Suffice it to say that I gave it a 10. I loved it. Um, it's it met my expectations and in a lot of regards exceeded them. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, to, to clarify, I think earlier I said, I, I, I don't know if I said I didn't play a Final Fantasy or I just didn't say seven, play seven. I did. My first Final Fantasy was actually 13. And I, uh, <laughs> I feel like that has colored my opinion of the series ever since because uh, I never finished it. And, and there are things about that game I like, but there's a lot of, about it I didn't like. And then I, I kind of bounced off 15 as well. So I wasn't really expecting this game to uh, to grab me, you know, but like it, it really did. And I'm I'm still trying to parse out why it is, but I think it uh, I really appreciate how uh, from a story perspective, the game does a really good job introducing you to its world compared to maybe some other Final Fantasies where you like like I, I just all i remember about 13 was like that game is just throwing terms and like exposition at you and it it none of it stuck with me and i really love how this one was uh very simple a very like straightforward setup and then at the end it gets into like the final fantasy bullshit <laughs> but like at that point i was like already hooked into the characters and invested in the world so when that happened I was like, all right, you know what? I'm here for it. I've, I'm already invested. Take me on your insane Final Fantasy journey uh, at the end there. So, uh, yeah, why don't we start with just sort of the... Why don't we talk about some of the changes? Because that that has been the most interesting thing for me, talking with you guys, is hearing how much was added and how much was different. The, the sort of the social commentary around... Uh, you know, the nature of Avalanche and their fight against Shinra. Like, that stuff's all in the original from what you guys have been telling me, but it wasn't into nearly the same degree. 
Yeah, it's uh, well, it's just a deeper story in a big way, right? So we're getting more of like the on the ground stuff. Um, there's a lot more time and attention spent with uh, Avalanche in general and like the the side characters. Uh, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse are like a Who much bigger part of this game. Yeah, they're great, right? They're they're really really minor in um, in the original game, and also it's it's worth noting that uh, the remake turns what was like five to eight hours of the original game into a 40 hour stretch. So it's, it's filling out a lot of that time, mostly with character development and it's all really good. But so you spend a lot more time with the avalanche characters. You spend a lot more time um, in Midgar in different places, kind of getting a sense of how people feel about what's going on um, after you blow up the reactor and all that stuff. It all just feels more realistic and, uh, and heavier. Um, you know, like you blow up this reactor and in, uh, in the remake, like you spend the next three or so hours kind of dealing with the aftermath of that and how everybody feels about it. And not just the people who were there, but people, um, watching it on TV, people who are like living next door and maybe got their houses smashed or, you know, people who are looking for people who are missing. It all feels like much more like how real people would react. Um, and it just, it, it really like makes all that stuff that is kind of conceptual in the original game because you're kind of burning past it at a much faster rate. It makes it feel much, much more like in your face. It's a bigger part of the story. Or cause it couldn't be realized, right? Like you go like back at those old graphics and it's like, That's true you too. can't, you can't capture like the emotion of, of uh, a moment through the faces of that, like really early CG. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like you can capture because the, there are other, you know, RPG experiences contemporary for that time, or even gaming experience that were contemporary for that time that did capture a feeling. I think that. Um, I think you're right in that they they definitely face limitations, but at the same time, I don't want to chalk it all up to just that because just the quality in writing would be in this remake would be undersold to an extent because okay yeah yeah the, i mean i mean not to like diminish what you said i 100 percent agree with it like the, the the cinematic and visual elements of walking through um you know the, that that sector after you've blown up a, a massive reactor there wouldn't have hit as hard and you do have small elements of that you have like a couple of buildings that are on fire in, in the original but as a whole it's it doesn't it's not it's not an event that it's not an inciting incident that's quickly swept under the rug in the way that it is in the original. Like they move on from that. They treat that as a setup for a much bigger story. Whereas in this game, it is the story instead of all of it. And what makes it more it hit harder is actually the writing itself is more thoughtful and it feels more considered. They, they kind of breeze past it. And I described it in my review as a hop, skip, and a jump back to Seventh Heaven with the bar where, you know, Avalanche is hiding out and is their hideout. But they don't do that here. They kind of spend a little more time and they use their, they use their mo not modern, but like more advanced writing abilities to really dig a little deeper. And I feel like that's an important part of this game and that moment specifically. I completely agree. Yeah. It's super good. Like a big part of that, whole discussion is jesse is the one who makes the bombs for avalanche and um after the reactor bombing it ends up being like much more devastation than they expected and there are story reasons for that um but which we jesse, can say 
Well, yeah, I guess we can. Yeah, we could just yeah, we get into uh, it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Shinra guys. It's a, it's a false flag attack. Like the bomb was supposed to damage the reactor. Um, Shinra, at the end of the bombing mission um, in chapter one, you watch them like turn all their guns on the reactor and blow it up bigger, basically to scapegoat Avalanche. And you know what, you know what I really deserve. like? They never find that out. There's they no moment it out. Where, where Jesse <laughs> finds out that that's what happened. Because no. not to say that that wouldn't diminish her feelings, but like it, it sort of like it still had to stick with her until it's the such end. a good choice, such a good choice to not for her to never find that out. She's it, it informs her character for the entire rest of the yeah. game that she thinks she that, killed all those people. And it's, it's, yeah, that's it's, it's funny because I that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, I thought during like the pillar collapse scene, like Reno or Rude would let it slip, and that would be like Jesse's lasting thought was like, Oh, it wasn't me, like I can I can die easily now, but no, you're right, like she goes to the grave with that it's so good and and that's that's the kind of thing where um i think everyone here knows but like just in case someone who isn't familiar with us is listening like we love anime uh, to different degrees here but like that's the kind of anime type writing you'd expect from final fantasy where you know a character is give absolved of their sins or their their perceived sins to themselves so that you can have this triumphant moment or even like a moment of dying happy this this felt like very unexpected and very I, I felt like the same way as you guys i was like yeah she's she's gonna find out that she wasn't to blame for this but they never do that do that they kind of just leave it lingering in it and it kind of eats at her as a as a person and it informs who she is and every decision she makes from that point on which is just really the kind of uh writing nuance and and thinking that past mainline Final Fantasy games haven't uh, trained us to expect from the series. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're more familiar with like the MMO, then perhaps you would be a little more inclined to it. But that that's a that's a siloed team that's working, you know, under alongside a very talented specific writer who's been working on that world for a really long time. This is just it, it is a bit of a out of nowhere shot in the dark kind of feeling with the the kind of sensitivity and the smarts and the layers which they approach characterization in this game even characters that feel made one more one dimensional at first like uh rude and reno was that his name Mm -hmm. the other one the the turks uh like there's they have a couple of scenes where they don't feel great about what they did and like they're still villains but like i appreciated that it wasn't they weren't a hundred percent just like i'm the the bad anime villain like there is that moment of humanity in there but they're also like i don't know that was my job and like i did what you know i was told to do but like they're kind of planting those seeds for maybe those characters to develop later on but like i yeah it just feels like every character that like could have been one dimensional feels a little bit more nuanced except for maybe that doctor guy uh hojo hojo Hojo. (laughs) he's maybe a little more uh like classic anime like even his appearance Mm. is like very goofy yeah (laughs) yeah i mean the game definitely has its its comically evil villains but the ones who are like closer to the protagonists and like more in on the action a lot more often are much more interesting people and this game definitely like puts the work in to make them even as they're doing bad stuff like to make them interesting to to be around yeah uh, hojo kind of they the, the story needs him to be that character be almost right. like one-dimensional because you can't really 
like if you try to humanize him in any other way it wouldn't work like you can't come up with a good reason for taking this you know ancient and trying to experiment and you know doing these heinous things it, it needs to be that character um especially with the way things unfold in the future and the way they fill out hojo's backstory but like you said i think like even even like other characters who are similar are kind of charismatic and it, like heidegger for example is another kind of very not by numbers but like very plainly villainous character and played to played to 11 but on purpose but you kind of need that because shinra himself is is like an ambivalent cold lack of empathy kind of character so if mm. he was the core focus it wouldn't the villain side of it wouldn't sell until late in the game where he's like you know making big proclamations so heidegger needs to be that character to show why behind that behind shinra is coldness cold evil there's an actual maniacal evil pushing it as well uh yeah so do we want to get into i guess i i'm curious from you guys uh what would be what was like your favorite thing that they they added or changed because like you said they took like the what five hours and they stretched it to 30 to 40 hours like what were, what were the moments that you think like in this remake like benefited i guess uh nick that's such a good question like there's there are really so many of them um i i loved i loved the scene where you're where you're climbing um you're climbing up the destroyed structures up to get to the shinra building um that was like a little mini game in the original uh where you had to like buy the batteries from the weapon shop and um climb up the wire and then like do this little uh, swinging bar mini game where you had to time your jump at the right time and it was like a three minute long section but now it's it's like an hour and a half and you're just climbing up and there's this beautiful sunset um, mm. and uh, you, you know you're, you're talking you, you see the destruction of the the plate falling and just kind of reinforces all the stakes uh, that that sticks out in my mind really well um, there are a lot of little things they did over the course of the game like uh, like the Hell House, for example, like bringing that back as a surprise boss fight. Oh my god, that's I and having no context for that, I was like, yeah, what is happening? Abs- Holy crap! Absolutely <laughs> that inspired. So good. Um, like they they yeah. did that with a lot of characters or a lot of enemies. I, just, I should say, like a lot of the mini bosses or bosses in general used to be uh, just random encounters in the Shinra building, for example. Um, like that that like flying snake thing with swords on its mm. side, like that flying centipede or whatever. Um, that used to just be a random enemy <laughs> that would that would appear mm. from time to time. Yeah. And even even stuff like um the behemoth just being hidden in the kind of like a side quest. Um that's a good throwback as well. Um I'll probably just jump in here as well and say like one of my favorite changes is it speaks to what Nick was saying. There's so many, but the smaller things seem to hit harder than the way harder than the bigger ones. Like, so uh, during one part, you, you're speaking to um, the teacher at the orphanage and she mentions that um, everything she she's obviously like very caring of these kids and has her own ambitions elsewhere. But she mentions everything she learns is from someone else that used to work at the orphanage and you don't really they don't like tell you immediately. But later on, you learn that it's Biggs mm-hmm. and yeah. you're just like. Oh, I 
you make that connection you're like oh he used to work at an orphanage and then it becomes more overt where he kind of towards the end of the game he actually name checks the orphanage and says hey can you do this for me that's such an amazing moment like and that's just not in the original at all right uh, one, of, one of those really cool things that happen sometimes when playing a video game too where there's no side quest that pops up after that that's like go back to the orphanage and tell them about Biggs. uh but I went back there myself just to see if there'd be some kind of dialogue. Because um, I wanted I wanted to do that. I was like, oh, I found out about... I, like, I, I want to tell you guys what happened to Biggs. Um, yeah. But no, I, I don't think there was anything, any option there. And that's the thing. Like, the, 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 uh, the impulse to go back and try and see if how much of the world has been affected by your own knowledge and your own feelings like there's no the game never creates an expectation like mass effect where you the more you speak to characters after you do these significant moments that their dialogue will change right like in the mass effect you do a big mission and you come back and everyone has something new to say they they everyone has a comment on what has just happened that's not this type of game, but yet the thoughts and feelings that it inspires still compels you to go there and do that and want that, which I think is a testament to the strength of the writing and the characterization itself that, you know, after every major event in the game, I wanted to speak to people and speak to characters and be like, oh, you know, how do you feel about this thing happening to Aerith? Or how do you feel about this major event that just happened? But it's 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 not there, but... It doesn't need to be because it kind of works as is if you get what i'm saying yeah yeah totally uh especially because like i find i did not know this but um like phil you've been kind of discovering that like there are actual like things that do affect the game that it the game doesn't make apparent which uh like like the different dresses and like you right. you were mentioning like there's an alternate side quest yeah there's um so i think the dress alter the alternate dresses was a thing from the original. Um, I can't remember exactly what, how that all worked out, but I remember, you know, based on your performance in certain places, you'd get different dresses. And that whole system is here too. We've I've just been trying to figure out what it is, and I think I finally have a handle on it. Uh, it's side quest related, by the way. But um, and yeah, and then in chapter nine in the Wall Market, apparently your choices um, in talking with like Chocobo Sam or. Um, if you run into Johnny at that one point and like follow him back and get the sign of that scene of him at the uh, honeybee, all that stuff affects what side missions you get later in the chapter. So, and then that affects how you get the dresses. Um, so there, it's kind of under the hood. The game's not real explicit about it, and it it takes some like experimentation to figure all that stuff out. But it's there and it's interesting. And there are actually uh, now that I think about it, there are actually a bunch of little story deviations along the way that I have noticed um, going back and replaying chapters. For instance, um, your performance on the bike in chapter four with Jesse changes that scene pretty significantly afterward. Um, oh, really? Just her dialogue. Yeah, she's just got a bunch of different dialogue. And the way she treats you um, changes a little bit. You know, like she's kind of putting on a whole act the entire time with flirting with Cl- with Cloud. You know, it's, it's, yeah. um, it's like a defense mechanism, but the degree to which she's engaging that and like how sincere she is definitely shifts based on like, say how, how well you do on the driving and stuff like that. So there are little things around and little scenes you can miss. If you like in the collapsed uh, expressway, I caught one that I had missed before too, where if you come up to the edge 
of a gap you can't cross um, before you find the ladder to to circumvent it. Like I had missed this. I just had gone down the ladder and but there's a little scene between Cloud and Aerith and they have like a little conversation. And it's like, man, there's just a ton of little story bits and they're all characterization moments that are scattered throughout the game that you can totally walk past and never see. Um, and so every time I keep going back to just like do guides and stuff, I'm finding little tidbits that kind of enrich the experience. Yeah, I, I think all the little character dialogue in, in between, like in the, I guess, quote, dungeon areas, like, you know, you're just wandering through doing combat, but in between each fight, there's always like a new piece of dialogue that a character will say that just like adds to the world mm-hmm. that I just like it made those areas feel like so compelling. Um, and like, that's always been like my favorite kind of stuff in games. It's just, like small little bits of extra dialogue that like really fill things out. Uh, Phil, uh, what was, what would you say was your favorite uh, like new moment? Um, I really loved both things that you guys mentioned. Um, I think I'm actually going to write an article about this. I'm like halfway through it, but all of chapter four, I think might be my favorite. It's just, Biggs and Wedge and Jesse, um, you go to Jesse's house and like see her dad in his hospital bed, which is a result of like a Shinra accident. And you just learn all this stuff about all the characters through the course of this mission. Uh, it's all just super good. Yeah. Like you get the sense of their teamwork and the way that they interact with each other. And I don't know. I feel like that's the chapter that really sold me on the game. If I'm being honest, like mm-hmm. I played the demo, um, which is chapter one. And like, there are some clunky lines in that demo. You know, there's Barrett has some like stinker lines just (laughs) in in the beginning of the game. You know, (laughs) he really does. He's just like talking about the planet. And like, I'm, I'm imagining being the first person or, you know, this is the first time you've played this game and you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? that then, is my exact experience. Is, is, <laughs> I'm just, I start this game up and Barrett is just screaming at me, and I'm like, "Dude, mm-hmm. shut up!" Like, I and don't. Like, what are you going on about? <laughs> yeah, right. And like, super weird concepts about like Gaia and live stream and all this stuff, and you're like, "What? What? What are you talking about?" But then you get to chapter four, and it's just, "Oh, hey, this is why it's the why we fight episode, basically, right?" And it's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I just loved all of it. I had a great time. That duel with uh, the biker guy, Roche, was also, he's like comically ridiculous, but I had a great time with that Was fight. he in the original game? What was no, his deal? No. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of showed deal? up and then left and he never came back, but I kind of love him. He, he but, was just and so he has out like there. this grudging respect for you. Like you have a whole, you have a whole arc of a relationship with this guy through fights. It's great. He'll, I don't know. I just love it. He'll be, he'll be back though. There was like, he has that one line after you beat him where he's like, you and I like aren't at our full potential yet. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's great. And he, like, saves your life. He he'll be, he'll be back in future episodes, yeah. future mm-hmm. future chapters. I think I, I'm really interested to see where his arc goes because mm-hmm. he seems like he could be one of those people that's like, oh, you know what, I might just join you. Right. Like, as a new <laughs> and, party member. New party member. Oh, that'd it, be yeah. interesting. It's funny, like, one thing that's, that, that I've kind of thought about over the years is, you know, Shinra is under control of this huge army of soldiers, uh, you know, literally. Like, that's their... That, that's their, their company, right? Is is like they're the best warriors in, in the entire world. They are like Sephiroth, super powerful. Like how come they never employed any soldiers to attack you when, when you were attacking the Shinra building? Mm. So it, like that was my first thought when I when I saw Roach was like, oh, finally, like <laughs> they're actually sh- showing someone who like knows how to fight and they're actually sending in their big dogs. Yeah, uh, I guess for me, because I didn't play the game, my I 
I didn't have, I don't have like a new moment, but the, the two moments that stuck out with me was, uh, chapter chapter 16 which is the shinra building when you first go in there mostly because i was expecting it to just be this like very straightforward like fight your way to the top and it kind of starts that way but then it completely slows down and you have this moment where you're just like walking through the hallways and you're seeing like people like in their offices and you're seeing like the corporate like you know uh propaganda on like the screens and you're walking through that like that museum where they're like explaining how Shinra works, which I I really liked that moment. I don't know if that's in the original at all or if it if it's a little more straightforward, but it it felt like this nice like it kind of slowed it down, but in a way that f- like it was continuing to sort of build build out Shinra and the world a little bit in a way that I I personally really appreciated. Uh, also that um, I did the staircase and oh my god <laughs> uh, yeah. that what the not only is that a funny scene, but the way where they have uh, over time, you get Cloud starts walking slower and slower because he's getting tired and the characters are like more out of breath and like Barrett and Cloud are just upset at each other. And then they have that little um, like score on, on. I don't know if you guys oh, saw yeah. on the on your, your mm. character's health screen. It has like a score which says which floor the person's on. And when you go above a floor, it like moves that character's like health bar like above the other one like like it's a contest even though it actually doesn't matter i don't think maybe there's an achievement for it but yeah. it was just such a a good bit one, <laughs> one thing one thing i, I want to check is like yeah. if uh because at one point tifa says like oh make sure you catch your breath like i wonder if you if you pause on a platform <laughs> you can like start You'll sprinting like, again moving faster yeah yeah oh, that's a good too. point <laughs> i ran both i did both those i did both the uh, staircase and the elevator and they're different story stuff by the way like they're both worth doing um but yeah i I didn't i didn't mess around with it enough to like really see the nuances there (laughs) now now i want to go back but that's a lot of flights man (laughs) yeah it's it's they 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 make that joke like i think it takes like a good five minutes to do it it's It's, it's really long but it's really (laughs) funny and it's like Mm. I, i think this game strikes such a great balance between serious and comedy in a way that um i think a lot of game a lot specifically a lot of japanese games don't quite work for me where i think the humor feels a little too uh contrasting with with the the seriousness of the story but i feel like here it works where it gives a more of a, a reprieve like right? like like you just mm. need that break for a minute um yeah. which leads which leads to my favorite moment which is all of chapter nine wall market uh i think was just absolutely fantastic i'm a i'm a, a huge yakuza fan uh <laughs> and as i was playing this game i was just feeling like yakuza vibes in terms of like the way you kind of wander around and stuff like that and and of course like wall market is just like clearly based on like you know red light districts like uh kabuki cho from you know tokyo and and that whole section was amazing those care all those different characters the different what what are they called the the, the like three the three the different trio. heads the trio uh yeah. all of those characters are so good uh the three yeah. i think it is yeah the three i i yeah, all the trio there's so much i could part. talk about that um we could talk about the big scene the um the cloud cross-dressing dance no, number man 
which that was so good. Uh, I love that. So good. <laughs> I remember I, I texted you, Jean Luc, and I described it as "Tell me when you get to the Majima bit." Yeah, and um, I was sitting there being like. What's he talking about? Like Majima, Majima. <laughs> and then when like the stage and the band comes in, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is just the <laughs> yeah. grand from Yakuza Zero. This is the Majima. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so good. And I, th- I think it's worth highlighting the fact that I think uh, I, I want to speak entirely for Phil and Nick, but it's, I got a sense that we're on the same page. Like the original does not handle this very well. No. Like it's it's. <laughs> I would go so far as to say that by modern standards, it's problematic. And going into that section, I was quite concerned. I was like, God, I hope they do this. Again, previous recent mainline Final Fantasies hasn't given us much to expect any sort of like progressiveness or even forward thinkingness um, from, from them. But man, they nailed it. They absolutely yeah, really nailed it. Yeah, it was, it was after that moment that like we have a, a Slack channel at work about the remake and um like right after i saw that scene was when i pitched an idea that was like how final fantasy 7 like quelled my fears of it being too weird by making making it even weirder (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was great i loved it um yeah i think they just handled that so well like like there's that moment tomorrow you and me both talked about it like the final line that um it was on, on andrea is that his name yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, Andrea where he Rodea. basically says, I forget exactly what the line is, but it's something to the effect of like, gender is an illusion and be whoever you want to be. Yeah, it's yeah. about and being I was comfortable like, in what? yourself. Yeah, comfortable in your, you know, dancing is about being comfortable in yourself or, mm-hmm. and, and acting like no one is watching you or judging you. And it's just, you know, doesn't matter regardless of gender. And, and he, the way, he, the way they do it is like looking directly into the camera almost right <laughs> like the cloud is positioned or your you as the viewer is positioned in a way where it's andrea's talking directly to you and i was just like wow this is this is not only is this done well but it's done intentionally yeah. right and what i i also really enjoy about that whole scene um is that there's a lot of humor in it and it's you know it's cross it's cloud dressing up in a dress and like oh man but none of the none of the moments are played as a joke about that concept they're what what jokes there are are about the characters themselves and like Mm -hmm. cloud's just cloud's just uncomfortable being the center of attention in any way and like that's what the joke is they that's the joke that they make there's even a moment the line that like sold it for me is when cloud and tifa reunite inside Don Corneo's mansion, and she's like, "Wow, oh, yeah. that dress, your hair." And Cloud goes, "Yeah, I know, nailed it." Moving on, like, <laughs> yes. But not only that, she, I, I assumed she knew it was Cloud from the get-go. But when he says "moving on," there's like a pause, and then she goes, "Oh wait, you're Cloud." Yeah. Yeah. Like she didn't yeah. even know it was him. She just was complimenting yeah. Yeah. this person on their amazing outfit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but it's just so good. Like he doesn't make a thing out of it. Nobody makes a thing out of it. It's just that it's it's playing off what we know about the characters and not mm. making anybody the butt of a joke. Uh, and also like it's not just the writing of that joke, it's the delivery of that joke and also mm-hmm. the framing of that joke. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned this on the podcast as well, but there's like a lot that goes into selling a line like that. And one part of it is the cinematics. And like the way it's framed and they have a new cinematic director i believe from previous games from like they had 
one that they use across Kingdom Hearts and various other titles and that person has always been there for, or has been there for long enough to work on multiple titles for Square Enix and they brought someone new in and you can see that it just cinematically and in terms of uh, kind of cinematography it feels like a way way more uh, a way way more interesting and way better high quality um, experience and the the kind of benefit of that is lines like this landing as well as they do because of the cuts and the the closeness of the camera and the way it and it frames everyone and the joke and it just lands perfectly mm-hmm. uh yeah uh i have a question actually uh was johnny in the original game i i can't remember i, I don't believe so I, no i think he i think he was i think um i think he was in sector seven um and he, like just kind of based on his super low poly model he had like red red uh, oh, pointy hair yeah. um and he mm. kind of walked with like a swagger and i think if you interacted I with feel... him his name was johnny but he's, cool he's, about he's, that guy. He's, he's an npc yeah. in the original he's just he's just there but not nearly to this extent no, no. yeah no. i mean <laughs> I, I he he kind of starts as like a very classic just like the goofy um i mean he kind of stays that way the the, the like goofy in over his head like doesn't just has no (laughs) idea of just how in over his head he is kind of like anime character he's even voiced by yuri lowenthal who like plays that kind (laughs) of character like he he's like i'm just like it's just yosuke from persona or like he's just he's all like (laughs) yuri lowenthal always plays those characters but that uh that side quest where you're running around him in wall market is uh (laughs) it's just so good like yeah just constantly getting yeah. into trouble with him and there's like the you meet all these like they, they, they put so much effort in those like side characters like the chef who just is like my cooking's not good anymore and i don't know what it is and like everybody <laughs> is is like being hospitalized by this man's cooking yeah. and <laughs> he's got no sense of the damage he's doing to the world around him <laughs> it's <laughs> it's awesome the thing I love about this game, the thing that really sold it for me is the fact that like there's that amount of effort put into every single character you interact with. It's so crazy. Like there's just so much everybody has just like this elevated amount of being feeling like a real character. Like um, mm-hmm. same thing in Walmart, it, when you go talk to the guy at the materia shop, like that whole room <laughs> is <laughs> awesome. <guy> is... <laughs> he's he's a crystal salesman. Like we would, you know, like there, it's a new age crystal shop and he's laying down and it's like the music yeah. and everything, That's, um, but he sells material. It's like such a good gag. It's, it's straight out of world in there. Straight out of the original too. Um, is it? Yeah. Mm. He's, he's like That's lying down on his side and he's just like, Hey, like you can tell he's super high. <laughs> he's just, hey, yeah. well, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, <laughs> the dude who would sell the magic rocks. Like that's so perfect. You I mentioned just, the music. <laughs> Which uh, I love how in Wall Market it's the same theme, but it's dramatically different in each area. So you have like the 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 material shop kind of has that like you said new age hippie theme, and then there's mm-hmm. sort of like that's the theme that plays outside of um, the like the Bumble the uh, the honey the Honey Bee Inn, and then you go to like the uh, the Chocobo stable, and it's got this like real like twangy, uh, you know like Western kind of feel. Like I I love the way they kind of like blend each of those different themes together uh which is maybe just a conversation into how good the soundtrack is holy so crap good. guys i've been like 
I've been listening to the Final Fantasy soundtrack since like YouTube was a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I, I, I imported I bought, it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, like <laughs> yeah. I, I have it on CD as well. But um, the uh, the piano collection is is something I still listen to all the time. Like if I need to concentrate on something at work, like I have that playing in the background. And I'm I'm so happy that a new generation is going to be able to experience the main theme and Tifa's theme and ahead on ahead on our way. Um, like when 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 that starts playing, uh, when you get to Sector Seven for the first time, I just put my controller down. I was like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. this is everything yeah. I wanted it to be." The so one of the original versions of my I mentioned this earlier. We were talking about how long we played it for, and I was talking about how I was writing my review, and I actually wrote three three reviews for this game and scrapped two of them, but they were almost fully written. Um, for each one of those um and the first one i did was so in my current the current review that i published it opens with like a a kind of recount the bombing mission in the old and the new game and i took and tried to compare it and and kind of frame the nuance that they're trying to find i originally did that with the prelude theme at the start just on mm-hmm. the title screen and because when i turned that game on i was i start it starts off very familiar and very similar to the original version and then you just start hearing the different layers that they've introduced, the different sounds, the different kind of motifs that are underpinning this song that you're so intimately familiar with. And when I heard it, I remember it gave me chills and I just listened to it. And it kind of perfectly encapsulated that feeling of taking this thing that you know, this song that you know, and just laying out all the new ways that they had found to f- create depth in there and create make it more richer a more full-bodied experience and that is the same for like the entire soundtrack the entire soundtrack is that it really says something when somebody like me who never played the original so i like shouldn't have any nostalgia just hearing the soundtrack like gave me nostalgia for a thing i don't have nostalgia for (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sitting there being like, oh, man, this is like sending me back to my childhood, even though I've never played Final Fantasy VII (laughs) and I shouldn't have any attachment. But like, it's just you can tell like how much effort they put into and making it like just (laughs) exactly perfect. And like they really Mm -hmm. wanted to capture it. It's so good. I think I think another like going back to uh, like small moments that resonated with me. Another one was hearing the I think it was called like hip hop to Chocobo or something. Yes, in, in Sector yes. 7. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Hearing it's a that trap beat. Could tell beats. they were having so much fun making this game. I, I was like, I cannot believe they turned a Chocobo theme into a trap beat. It's unbelievable. And it's terrible, but I love it. It rocked. I love it. so good. It goes hard. <laughs> I, I think it's like when the choke because there's actual like chocobo sounds in there like the chocobos are like mixed in and their like screech is like it's like a little too much it's <laughs> really good it's like oh man this is kind of terrible but i also can't stop listening to it i love that soundtrack there's so many bops on <laughs> yeah. there yeah. There's, there's so, so many, many bops. bops like i can't even, like, even no i love that there's an entire in-game soundtrack that is not part of the soundtrack that you have to like go find (laughs) and they're all great they're all great remixes oh i love them well and it's like people giving it to you too like the 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 Mm -hmm. hip-hop to chocobo one is like that guy's like hey man what's up like you want to hear this song it's pretty rad and he like hands Mm -hmm. you a tape and you're like what (laughs) like it's so weird but it's so good i there's that one track i don't know what it's called but it's in 
the when you when you do the shortcut in the like the tunnel the abandoned tunnel dude yes it's yes. just this abandoned tunnel it's visually it's 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 okay but it's not like the most interesting thing in the game but then they just, just put this absolute bop of a soundtrack where it's like this like like dude you're talking about my favorite songs in yeah the entire it's, game. yeah it's so good <laughs> i i put it in the uh review because i was like i have to get this song somewhere in because it's so mm-hmm. good and it's just like moments like that where they're like they take a, a an area that's like again probably like somewhat low in terms of like visually compared to other areas but then they just were like we'll put in this really awesome song just to make this it's, area feel great dude it's crazy okay so that song is called the oppressed it's the battle version and that's my least favorite song from mm. the original soundtrack and it's my most favorite song <laughs> in this soundtrack because that's how good it is like they completely changed my mind about that song it's so great I'm so excited for them to start touring with this as like a live show oh God, or something. Yeah. I would. <gasps> oh, I can't oh wait God. for my soundtrack to arrive. I I sprung <laughs> for the entire eight disc seventy seven seventy soundtrack. I love that. Seventy seven dollars and seventy cents. It's a good um, bit. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know when it's going to arrive. I think it's going to be sometime in the future, um, so like a month from now, maybe if we're lucky. But I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh, so yeah, good. That's so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I guess the main thing we want to talk about is the ending, right? Yeah, yeah well, well before we get into the ending, I guess I'm curious, because it is the, the, the ending, the, the changes in the ending that uh, they kind of seed throughout. So you have those weird, like the Dementors of Azkaban yeah. uh, showing up. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about that overall as a, as a concept in the game? I'm, I'm still processing I think. Yeah, it's very <laughs> unexpected. Yeah. And I think this is the thing that people, fans on the internet, are paying the most attention to and the most upset sure. about in a lot of ways, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, it's it's very different, right? Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Some part of it feels necessary to me. There's a lot in this game yeah. that I feel like is... So the main criticisms that I've had tweeted at me is... Yeah. Like, how, how, why are we paying for a $40 for a, a small part of the game? And I'm like, firstly, I Dude, don't, that I don't game has so much yeah, content I, in it. Like, dude, I, yeah. that is not an yeah. argument I will hear. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't engage with, with those, those people saying that because it's just, it's not a good faith argument at all. Because if you knew anything about it, you would know that it's a fully fledged, complete game. And I say as much in my review. The other thing they're saying is like, the ending is, and the story changes. And I'm one of those people that I'm like, I kind of don't, given how thorough they are in fleshing out um, the, the the small chunk of the game that they do explore, it feels necessary that they start making inroads into changing the broader story as well in some meaningful way. Well, um, yeah, for like a good example is sort of, from what I've been told, if they had been faithful... Sephiroth wouldn't have even shown up in this game mm-hmm. at all, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And, just, and they kind of, they seed him really early on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that felt, as somebody who like never played it, I, I appreciated that because it, I'm, I'm aware of Sephiroth. You know, he's such an iconic villain. And it felt like that was necessary to seed him throughout the game because it, it, it's setting up kind of cloud story it's setting up the larger overall story i forget who but i want to say somebody here in the office said how this kind of felt like 
like a like the beginning of like Star Wars. Like it kind of feels like a New Hope, or where it's like it's setting up this larger trilogy, I guess. But like it feels it, it mm. it's I don't know. Like I felt like they properly concluded and and everything that they were like the main stuff they were setting up with the kind of the battle of shinra and midgar and and sort of like the convictions of the characters and it very much ends with them Mm. feeling like we we now know what we need to do and we all feel like set in our convictions and we we're we're ready to go on this journey but like i i can't imagine like i feel like they had to put sephiroth in like you couldn't like it would be kind of weird to just end it without it because you would be like well what's the overarching goal like where where is this going yeah i I think like about it i i definitely feel that way i feel like it's they're using sephiroth in a more intelligent way at least as it stands now because that the way the story unfolds towards the latter half in the original becomes very confusing um and it feels a lot of like stuff that's dumped on you almost it's kind of like it reminds me of the mentality back when everyone was trying to create movies that have a sudden twist that turns everything on its upside down on its head um and and all movies were trying to do that you know i see dead people moment um and that's what that kind of felt like at the time like it, it's it seeds it in the original in different ways but not super effectively i thought right now it's it's the, the jobs that they tr- the job that they're trying to do is make sephiroth a more menacing and interesting character from the very start but also do some justice to the relationship and the and the kind of history that cloud and sephiroth have so that when they do adhere to the similar twists towards the end it doesn't feel unearned and it doesn't feel out of the blue like unexpected um and because of that i feel like the small the, the small and big story changes that they're making are very necessary um and like like you said it feels like it makes a lot of sense right now yeah uh nick how about for you i know you were saying there are some things you didn't like was any of this stuff not did it not work for you at all i mean i you know i i I don't think my hot take about the ending is is anything that could be uh unexpected um that's okay that's what you're here for yeah i felt like uh i felt like there were conflicted about about how to go about writing the story and so the the whispers the dementors right um mm-hmm. they they come in they come in and affect affect the story when things don't follow the original um so in the very beginning when you see them for the first time uh they are making sure that cloud and Aerith meet um and then they bring barrett back to life at the very end um I, I I feel like they were a metaphor for mm. angry internet fans uh, who <laughs> wanted very to make meta, sure right? that mm. the original was exactly, uh, or that the remake was exactly what the, re- the original was. And, and I, like, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with changing things. I think it's totally fine to do that. And, and to an extent, I welcome it. I just wish that they had just done it that they just made the changes and not had to include some kind of other world, otherworldly element to justify it. Yeah. I, I sort it did. I, I kind of got that vibe where when they explained like, Oh, they're there to make sure like fate stays the way it is. It was sort of like, Oh, is this sort of like meant to be like a weird, like 
this game can also exist at the same time as the other one and it's like an alternate like yeah like they're changing things but they have like a, a, a in-universe reason for it is sort of like yeah like i i was kind of thinking that in my head and i'm not 100 percent sure if that's exactly what it is but that's my interpretation too but then at the end they also like defeat them and they're like we'll make our own fate which could almost imply like that that gives them license to be more dramatically different in the later yeah. episodes. Yeah, I, think I mean, that's, I think that's what the plan is. Honestly, yeah. this feels like the Kelvin timeline to use to borrow a Star Trek thing. Exactly. Uh, the J.J. Abrams reboot, and we're in a different universe now, and things could go completely differently. And I'm kind of here for it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I realize this isn't gonna you know satiate or comfort anyone that already feels a way about this but like the original version exists man like if that's the story you want it's there for you to have any time you can twenty dollars it's 20 yeah it's dirt cheap you can buy it on (laughs) you can make it run on your microwave at this point if you want that story (laughs) that badly it's there for you i realize there's some concerns about it but like let's let's see what they could do if they this is a game about modernizing final fantasy Let's give them the opportunity to do that and try and tell a different but familiar story. Like, that's what my main takeaway with, from this game was. And all we can do is, regardless of how we feel about it, we can only give them the benefit of the doubt based on what they've presented us here. And if you're like us or like me specifically, I think they've knocked the story out of the park in this game. Um, so mm-hmm. I have, I, with that in mind, like, I'm... I have to give them the benefit of the doubt when they start doing this. I can only be optimistic about where they go from this and assume that they will, they have a plan and they will work that plan. And that the the original Final Fantasy is there for me whenever I want it. I just mm. want to see something different. I'm excited to see something new. And there's some things happening here that are both, I completely understand it is terrifying. I think one of the other things that people are constantly bringing up is Oh, this is this is Tetsuya Nomura on his bullshit again, um, <laughs> doing his Kingdom Hearts thing. And Nomura's Nomura's a interesting writer. <laughs> his influence <laughs> on a game is interesting. I can't say I'm un- an unashamed fan of Kingdom Hearts. I reviewed Kingdom Hearts as well. I understand that the story in Kingdom Hearts is uh, like uh, it's kindest nonsense and not <laughs> good. Um, and I say as much in my review of three, but I also say that it's got heart to it and I love that element of it. But honestly, I would wager he, given the quality of the story here, I don't think he has as much power as people think he has right now. I think he's definitely, within Square, he's he's definitely a important figure and he's definitely a key creative decision maker in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the storytelling isn't his own. Like he could not, put out this game write this game the way it's written i feel like there's way more people and we're, we're doing by saying oh it's nomura only and he's gonna screw it up we are doing an incredible disrespect to every other person that has contributed to that game and has clearly yeah. like there's there's fans yeah. on this team you know there's fans on this team you can feel the passion in there and it's not a cynically made written story so with that in mind like i just i just have to give them the benefit of the doubt having well, said let me, that let me yeah, uh let me introduce a counterpoint to that. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I, it's, it's, it could be a very minor thing, but it also could be a very big thing. Um, so there's a point where Sephiroth brings Cloud to, quote, the edge of creation, unquote. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I think it's right after that where he says, lend me your strength, which if mm-hmm. you guys remember is like what he says to Sora when you fight him in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. And my first thought was, oh, this is like in an alternate timeline, uh, Cloud like took Sephiroth's hand in that moment and that's what brought them into the Kingdom Hearts world. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And then, and then the rest of the series is like Tifa, you know, going to search for Cloud in these alternate dimensions. Um, and maybe right. maybe right, like Nick. Final Fantasy <laughs> versus 13. Uh, okay, here's what I think is going to happen. I think I think Nick is Nick is writing I, fanfic right now. I am I love it. I'm 100% genuine in this belief that based on the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3 and the recent DLC, they are making a cinematic universe for Final oh my Fantasy. God. And they're gonna they're gonna intertwine Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy VII, and maybe Final Fantasy XV. Oh. Here's the thing: I would get behind that if one of the players in that in that story wasn't Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I think I think they're gonna leave Disney behind. I I don't think you can do that. Like, I, think, I, think, I think that's gonna happen. I think. Also, like I I don't know. I I I feel like they can't can call a thing Kingdom Hearts of without completely like they can't do a Kingdom Hearts game without having Disney involved in some respect because they are <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. In that. But but how can you how can you explain lend me your strength? There's like even in the context of the scene, it didn't make any sense. It had to be. If they want to do that as like its own game, sure. I hope that's not like where they're going with the rest of mm. the remake, because that I would. Be I, weird. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, it didn't, it didn't stick out to me as a, as a like really out of place line. I, I remember mm. thinking it's kind of odd, but it, it also speaks to what Sephiroth wants, right? The reunion and all that thing that they're constantly referencing, which is something that will play out in a in a over the course of these three or however many chapters there are. But like I I, re- I heard that and I was like, oh he's he's speaking about that reunion where all parts are, are kind of united again. And that's what that lend me your strength speaks to. Um uh, yeah <laughs> I don't know. I can't I'm kind of into that idea as well. I yeah, really that's like an, that that's idea. an insane thing also, that I, like, I sort of love yeah, it's an insane. I, I love that idea, but also, if you if that if that happens, it will absolutely boil some internet piss like yeah. so much. <laughs> Holy um, moly! All right, I have one more hot take about the ending, and right, this is it. this could be a very minor thing, but one of my favorite video game moments of all time, and I think it's one of the most effective video game moments in general, is when in the original game you go to Calm and Cloud starts talking about his backstory with Sephiroth. And they introduce Sephiroth when uh, you. So you're on the train, and uh, Cloud's doing squats, and then the, the train like runs into a monster, and then you and you and Sephiroth go fight it, and you control them both for a second, and you send Cloud to attack or something, and let's say he does like 50 damage, like he he slices the dragon, does 50 damage, and then Sephiroth does it, and it does like 3,500, hmm. and at that point in the game, like the highest damage you could probably do is like 150 something with like mm. a braver attack so it just goes to show like holy shit this guy is is insanely powerful so yeah. i didn't like how whether the sephiroth you fight at the end of the game is the regular sephiroth or like the advent children sephiroth who's traveling back in time there's no way that cloud is going to be able to beat that sephiroth He's not strong enough. Hmm. 
yeah, I was going to ask how you guys felt about um, you fighting him at the end. Because I was wondering if they were going to do it. I was like, are they going to have... I don't have, think that's... Were they going to have a boss not, fight? To me, that's gonna, not to, Sephiroth. That's not... Yeah, to me, that wasn't Sephiroth. That's, yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's a, like a, a conjuration of the... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's one of, of the... the fate the, monster thing. Yeah, so it's it's one of the... You know, they have those those characters walking around with, with numbers on them. The pieces, mm -hmm. almost. I, I thought it was one of those guys. Or, or, yeah. Or, that was sort like of what him. I I interpreted too. Yeah, we but... saw that two or three times before. Then, like when yeah. So he fell uh, off in the this game, in this game, Sephiroth is never there. He's just a menacing presence. That is, there's there's the different parts of Genova and and cloud, like yeah, yeah, he's he's able to he's able to. Th well, those wait. are being interpreted in a specific well, 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 way. Well, no, no, no. That's not true, though, because he totally takes Genova at the end. That happens. No, that's, there's a shot yeah. where he falls oh. off the roof and it turns yeah. into one of the number guys. Yeah, oh, he's, right, he's never right. in this game, which is why I was saying the way they're seeding it is really smart and really interesting. Because Sephiroth is all over this game at a certain point, but he's never actually in the game. We've never met Sephiroth mm -hmm. as we know Sephiroth. So when he yeah. shows up, who knows what state he's going to be in and who knows what level that we will be in. It's such a smart way well, to have that character be there, but he, also not overpower you. He should be in the Northern Cave, right? Like, that's where the mm. real Sephiroth is. Mm. Hmm. He's hanging around somewhere, is what, mm. is what we're saying. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I just... I think the yeah, that, I think that, that whole element was, like... That, that's the... the uh, Lend Me Your Strength is the reunion thing and the fact that Sephiroth is there and you kind of do hit him about a bit is like eh, it's just it's not him it's not him we'll yeah. get there and we're, we're, I, I love the idea of them building to the, that all-powerful moment where oh i was not ready for this the entire time like <laughs> oh like th this was an elute like you know oh i fought him before and then you realize like no that wasn't even no. the real him and that was yeah huh interesting so i think the big thing we should probably get to story-wise before we run too long is zach yeah oh yeah so i have no context for for zach I've I've heard yeah. of his name before, and I so I just like saw this, and I was like, "Oh, so okay, I, that's uh, that dude looks like C Cloud, but he's yeah. not Cloud." And then I was I was a little confused. Maybe you guys would have more context for it. Yeah, I mean, the scene I was criticism... was that did that take I'm place sorry. at the same time as everything else? Because it was like him fighting <laughs> those soldiers, no. but it was during the day, and the the whispers were there. But then at the end, it's him carrying Cloud, and so I was like, "Is." That's clearly in the past, but I was a little confused, like, yeah. at the timeline of all that. If I have a criticism of the story stuff, um, barring the the introduction of fighting Destiny, the physical manifestation of Destiny, it's the, um, it's <laughs> the, it's the Zack stuff. Like, I feel like the game does a really great job all the way through of, like, keeping you up to speed with what it's doing, and you don't have to be, like, a longtime fan to know what's going on in the story. And then the Zack stuff happens with no context at all and it it really felt jarring it felt like a, a misstep to me as far as the way the rest of the game tells the story so i just wanted does to it, say that like does it feel like they put it in because that's a thing fans expect and they're like well you right? have to at least like, show no, him I don't, like was I that don't, what it was because i don't think again, fans expected that at all like it, it, to me it came very unexpectedly and mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I so Zach is a character that is key to the story, but as far as I know, he's not in. Like, as far as I remember, in it, he's not in the original version in a super large degree. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there. Okay, just a couple of flashbacks. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he takes like he's he's the main character in Crisis Core, which is the PSP game that is okay. like a prequel to 
um, uh, Final Fantasy VII. Got it. Uh, but his story is crucial to the story of Cloud and Sephiroth. Um, I don't know. I'll let Nick explain why, because I imagine he's got a way better understanding of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, Tamora, like I, I've always been of the opinion that like Zach was kind of superfluous to to Cloud's story. Mm. Like I get, you know, there's, you know, talking earlier about like sudden twists. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Without like, I don't know. I feel bad, John Luke, because we're. I have you know, no context. Spoiler for for later mm. on, but like, it's eventually <laughs> revealed that like Cloud gives a very detailed history of his backstory. But okay. as it turns out, that was Zach's backstory and not Cloud's. And in the original, it's like, oh, it was Zach the whole time. It wasn't Cloud. But it doesn't it doesn't really add that much to his character. Um, yeah. I feel like you could take out mm. Zach and, and the story still works. Um, so so does it feel like they're retroactively trying to make Zach so more I important? Feel like, yeah, I, that's, I, well, that's I feel what like Crisis Core was all about, right? Yeah. So. And, but and even I've, still, it, go on. I've, I've never played Crisis Core. Um, so I, I, I feel like uh, you know, I'm, miss, I'm missing that context. Mm. So Crisis Core is a, in a really interesting game mechanically. And in terms of storytelling, it's it doesn't make it, it, it kind of fleshes out that element of Zach. And it's not more about how do we, how and not why, but like it's about their journey. So it's like you, you do get to hang out with Cloud um, in his early days and bef- when he befriends Zach. And you get to see Zach on like equal ground and equal footing with Sephiroth and and various other member, members of Soldier and the Turks kind of feeding into it. And you, the game kind of is designed to explain why um, there's that bleeding effect between Zack and Cloud. But it still very much felt like a self-contained story, even though it was a prequel that led into the events of Final Fantasy VII. This feels like it's a little more of an attempt to weave the important parts of Zack into the broader story and also maybe flesh him out a bit more so i feel like they they are trying to set up set up the character to be more meaningful within the greater final fantasy 7 universe i think the tricky part of it is separating that ambition from the ambition where it's also creating some sort of parallel concurrent timeline um that's the weird thing where i even i having i mean like i said earlier i finished the game at 4 a.m and Hmm. i was in a stupor i'd been playing for like two days straight trying to get the get ready for review so like my processing of it is probably not great but it seemed like it was telling two concurrent timelines at the same time um and we were looking at the one timeline where you know and uh, having beaten the boss at destiny's crossroads it's not everything is unhinged now there's no there's no accounting for what's going to happen in the future so they're showing us two eventualities of what could happen but at the same time the more i think about it the more i was like oh maybe this is kind of like a piece of the crisis core era story that just is unfamiliar to me and i don't remember or is Mm -hmm. new for this it could be like uh you know zach and cloud encountering the same kind of presence that we are now but way back when you know, and it's another instance of destiny weaving its threads to try and make whatever's happening in the current day. But we're seeing it from Zach's perspective way back when. I think the the thing that people are getting caught up on right now it's it's how different it is, um, and I, because of that, like, and and because of it, it seems quite outlandish compared to the rest of the story, which feels way more grounded by Final Fantasy standards. I think that's thing something that people are getting hung up on. But I. 
kind of maybe I'm being too optimistic. I could see a way for them to make it work and make it interesting. If it was like we're gonna fold in Crisis Core into this main, you know, three chapters or however many years, I'm kind of into that idea. I kind of like that idea. Again, it goes back to what I was saying before. Like we've we've got the original Final Fantasy VII, we've got the original Crisis Core. Let's try and do something different. Let's see what they can do and see where it goes. Yeah, I mean that. You kind of said what I sort of spoke to earlier where I was like the beginning did such a good job uh, kind of taming things and just being simple and setting it up to that when it does get to chapter 18 and it does become like full on crazy Final Fantasy nonsense at moments. Mm -hmm. It like I definitely felt a weird a little bit of a disconnect. I was like, okay, this feels very different. But again, I was like the rest of it had sold me to the point where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm here for it. I'm on for the ride. I'm curious if I can still feel that momentum in later episodes. Like I, I kind of wonder if they'll maybe dial it back down a bit and, and, and then kind of ramp it back up again. Like I, I I'm so curious yeah. how they're going to handle so these I, other, these other parts. I, again, maybe I'm being optimistic and, I'm trying to be glass half full with it because they've earned it in this. But I think there are elements of the story that they've seeded that require a little more groundedness to it and certainly create the opportunity for them to take a similar, like, not out of this world crazy tact when they write it. Just things like the Wutai stuff. They'll need yeah. to introduce Yuffie at some point and they'll need to introduce that character and, and explore the history of the war between Wutai and Shinra and that kind of stuff and the impact it had on the world around them. And I feel like that's going to be a big part of the next ep- next chapter in this game, in this series. Um, and I'm optimistic or I'm hoping that they strike a similar balance where it's like largely a grounded story, but it has this undercurrent of something more supernatural fantastical and fantasy happening underneath it and that will come to its a more more natural conclusion and crescendo in the final chapter yeah well because at the ending like after all that craziness happens and it's like playing the final cutscene, it does go back and it shows all the people of midgar like you know it shows the people of sector seven like starting to slowly rebuild and they kind of like prop up the you know uh, the bar sign and it shows like the orphanage and it, it felt like it was sort of like taking a step back and reminding you where this all started and kind of like the driving force and I feel like as long as the game the narrative can still keep it grounded in that aspect of like this is what it's all for it's all for helping the common people and it's all for like this original drive to just have a better world I feel think they can make the craziness work as long as they like retain that like Mm. that that grounded like element of like this is why you're doing it and this is what matters you know barrett's doing it for a better world and he's doing it for his daughter um Mm. that's the feeling that i get yeah exactly i definitely think that like it it almost felt like hang on we got to stop and do some crazy supernatural stuff to justify where we're going next when we shift out the game and like when we stop straight up retelling the story um, and we're, they were, they were opening a door um, and it's, it's part of the story they want to tell, but not necessarily the story they want to tell, you know, like yeah. they have Sephiroth is such a, a big looming figure and has so much interesting, weird lore surrounding him already. You don't need necessarily more of that than there already is. So I almost feel like, 
what this was this was like a functional move kind of a weird one but to like do this big giant you know supernatural boss fight thing and then maybe have that be some kind of undercurrent for the rest of the story but really not be a main focus just like it's not really a main focus here you know like it felt like something had to get out of the way almost to me yeah i I feel like they is is table setting in a lot of ways i just i hope that uh they don't trade um interdimensional sci-fi for stories like red 13 and his dad or sid highwind and his wife shira um like don't lo- don't lose those side stories that, yeah, that made I, final fantasy 7 what it is i'm i'm sure they won't i, I mean if this thing, game is any indication yeah right? i think that that's what i was saying earlier like regardless of where it goes i think where we can should can and should take some comfort in the major milestones that they still need to hit are quite grounded and they require them to to take a step back from the the mad madder stuff to to nail that stuff and right. we're taking it as you know we are we, we are trusting them that they want to take a similar approach with this where they do at least some of those stories right and the moment you reach you know sid and you reach other characters at like the wutai stuff and everything else that nick mentioned you need to you need to reel it in and dial it back a bit to make that happen which i i feel like that stuff is going to naturally serve as a check and a balance for the for the wilder ideas otherwise it will just completely be mad nonsense and it wouldn't having said that there are also things in the let's say the the kind of um the milestone plan that are also interesting and weird like cat safe and yeah and various other things that uh <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in before like i don't know if we're ready to move on but like jean-luc your your reception to a strange blue cat briefly appearing and then disappearing oh yeah that was yeah weird that felt it felt like a sonic the hedgehog character just showed up in the middle of the <laughs> right. scene like this really dramatic moment and then this like furry anthropomorphic animal showed up and then he like pounds his fist and runs away and i was like <laughs> i love that i, I was so just much. like what uh, i totally yeah. forgot that happened until you reminded me i was like right no, I, I was weird I, okay I Tam, sure as soon as i saw that i was i got on slack and i was like tomorrow we gotta talk about this kids at the moment <laughs> like, i i, I love it kind of bummed me out <laughs> i kind of loved it i was like yes me too it, it was, was funny weird. i mean <laughs> I, n- a... I never liked him as a character so like i was like oh him again it's, it's such a it's, it's just, such it's a, sad, a bad moment it's such a sad scene when you see him uh like the plate is falling and everyone's dying and i was like oh my god like this is so sad like they they, they visualize this so well in 20, 2020 and then you see kate sith and you're just like oh my god it's kate sith oh it's so yeah. cute oh my god. <laughs> so the thing is like i i think i would feel i would feel more like phil feels if they didn't already start doing such a good job at Ex- not explaining but the character that is involved in Ketsif's mm. story like seeding that character in a way more interesting or more more like in-depth way like right. just that character i i don't want to speak t- i realize we're in a spoiler thing but like jean-luc is probably yeah he has no idea and i don't want to ruin <laughs> yeah, it for yeah. him yeah. i know it's um, a bummer right like we have this <laughs> this game represents a a weird uh, situation in which you have two levels of spoilers yeah. <laughs> to deal with. Well, uh, th- that maybe really leads to what I was, I was going to ask you guys was, do you guys think I should play the original now or should I just wait? Because I, I do 
I, I sort of, I've been, there was a part of me that wanted to play the original. I never got around to it before this came out, but I sort of am happy that I, I was able to have this, this kind of unique perspective of having not played it and just experiencing it as a, as its own thing. But I'm kind of all in on the universe and the characters hmm. now. Like I really like this game a whole, whole lot. And I love these characters and I'm sitting here being like, yeah, I could wait to plus years for the next part and i'm yeah. like oh, who knows should i just long. played the original like i don't know i, I what do you guys think? I, I think tell you what i'm about to spring for a new copy of ff7 i'm i'm totally going to do that so i, I think know. i think you you're in a good position to play it now i think you so i was speaking to will potter on our social team and he was like i i want to play the, the original before i play the the new game and i was like honestly i don't think that's the best way to do it at this point because you're not really getting much out of that original. It, it would just feel a bit thin. And it's mm. not, by modern standards, it's not up there. Like, I, I I think I've proven that I adore that game, but like, it doesn't hold up that well. People who play it now and adore it are people who have the nostalgia already tied up in it. So if it's your first time through, I feel like you're better off served playing the remake, seeing what it has become and seeing the kind of the things that are beneath the surface of the original and then going back and and almost looking at like the 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 roadmap for what could become right. the the future yeah so if you are going to play it like now's probably you're in a good position to play it but i wouldn't say it's essential i do do think like things that we're alluding to here like kate seth and stuff those could be amazing surprises but yeah. they also could potentially be ruined for you on the internet quite easily because they've right. been around forever. I mean, forever. that's the thing is, like, there are certain things I know. Like, I know of the the character death. Like, I know of yeah. some of that yeah. stuff because that just was, like... Like, I knew that before I even, like, you know... That's, that's like, welcome to the internet. This person dies. Like, that kind of stuff, like, right? Right. Like, that stuff's just yeah. so ingrained in, in internet culture and gaming culture. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I just want more. Like, I just want more. I think you <laughs> I, enjoy like, it. I think you would enjoy it. I do think it will feel a little bit more like reading a plot summary of the game after playing mm. this. Yeah, that'll be that'll like that's be so not to not to that's kind of a, a shitty thing to say, and I I don't mean to <laughs> I don't mean to like seriously degrade or to like go to be down on the the writing of the original. Uh, I haven't played it in a long time. I loved it when I was younger. So like, grain of salt with that comment. But this is such a better realized version of the story. Is what I'm trying to to get across so like it's it's not gonna resonate i don't think quite the same way but there's there's cool stuff there um i like i said i want to replay it i think you would have a good time because and here's the other part of this um and you mentioned that character death i do not think that's gonna happen in this oh i think they're gonna change it oh no i think it's 100 percent gonna happen I really don't. I, I really don't. I, I think they're I setting up a whole new shift. Yeah, I do I too. Think. I, I think. I think the whole reason that they introduced the whispers and like killing destiny and fate was so they could change things up. I mean, that's like the one absolutely thing no. They would so change. Here, here's the thing. I I I I get what you're saying. I think th- here's my two scenarios. Either it will happen and they will present an a B timeline where it doesn't happen, so people don't feel too bad. But I kind of also think that they will reach the point where they're like yes you can mess with destiny but some things are just inescapable and there will be this heartbreaking moment where in every timeline she dies and you just cannot stop it 
and and it will hurt much harder this time i feel like the only reason like you spent this much time like building Aerith into this amazing character like it is the best opportunity to just make it hurt way harder than it ever but, did but, but clouds had visual visualizations about like he's he's seen premonitions of of Aerith's yes. success now so he i'm not saying he's going to like know the specific moment but he could be like like, hey, Aerith, just make sure you don't like you don't <laughs> Can go you off just move a little bit to the right. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, just, but no, I, things I, are I, different. I, this is like the final destination of Final Fantasy. Like, things yeah. things are changing, and I I, I, I really I, think I, it's going to be different. What if I what if somebody else dies instead? It. Like, no, exactly. Oh, no, I think it's I think it's going to change up. I think something's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be what we expect I'm, to happen anymore. I'm going on record to say I feel like this. That death is so fundamental to this story that it will yeah. will still be here. I think I it'll mean, still be there, I, and I, I think hope... I think they they're gonna realize it in a because that yeah. ha, that scarred a whole generation of people. <laughs> and <laughs> really I feel did. like I feel like the one thing they change now is that it was it felt unfair back then. It felt like you were robbed of something, not only a character and a friend, but like you invested in upgrading this character that is wiped off the table and takes everything she had with her. Uh, along with her I feel like now we're at a stage where the thing that they'll do is make it feel less unfair and I feel like they can make it more of a narrative thing people will reflect on the narrative and the kind of storytelling characterization loss instead of the mechanical loss which is one thing that kind of muddled the feeling around Aerith's original mm -hmm. death uh, are you guys familiar with um, an old GameTrailers.com series called Pop Fiction, where they did like yep. uh, I love the series. game. They they did one about about Aerith and how um, there was like this insane rumor of like you have to go, you know, farm the perfect chocobos and you have to go like beat yeah. every mini game and like it was like <laughs> this fifty hour thing that you could supposedly do to get her back, but it's not true. I think no. they should. Add, I think they should make that happen I think, they, I think they should they should put that specific thing in the game as like yeah, a easter egg dude. to those people i think that would be amazing but and if only you think that about way, it only like, in that way if you think about it like they they need it to happen to make to sell sephiroth as as being this ultimate oh, yeah. villain they need it no i mean i i still think we need that level of drama i but but to know it's coming i don't know it's it's You've got 23 years working against you as but, but a writer. I, I, I do like what Tamora said, where like by introducing the idea of changing fate, they set the seed that it could be different so that they can then, you know, completely ruin it for you by saying, nope, <laughs> but that, yeah. not that one, but that one won't change. I mean, they, like, they they're, killed they're... Barrett, right? Like, and then they brought him back, obviously, but they just want to show you, um, hey, like we could fuck your shit up. Just yeah. <laughs> be ready. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah, yeah the, the stuff they do with Biggs and Jesse and Wedge as well like Jesse when like that that whole section plays out I was like yo they they they're getting they're preparing us this is a game about loss this is going to be a series about loss as well and these right. are small potential losses that is going to prepare us for the big loss okay but side note to that both Biggs and Wedge both survived Biggs and come out. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait 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 Biggs does did Wedge? Well, Wedge, we don't know what the hell happened. He yeah, kind of, we're not end, sure. Th that was Wedge. ambiguous with him. No, that was kind of weird. You, 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 he, you bring him back to um, Elmira's house. No, oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. He's, but then in, at the very end, he shows up in the tower. Remember, he shows up he's in the in tower, tower, 
and oh, whispers yeah, yeah. when it explodes kind of says a line right. that implies like he might die and then it leaves yeah. it sort of ambiguous if he like right. dies and he, that was kind of weird but jesse definitely definitely died yeah for sure i think in the original they all three just got crushed under the plate right they were just not even <laughs> never even hear from them again basically. yeah they just get it's uh, just unceremoniously disposed of oh, such a bummer <laughs> I love them so much in this game. I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I imagine you love them. Imagine how you're gonna feel when Aerith. Oh, I know. It. I. Well, that's oh, why. Man. Like, what if it was Tifa or something? Like, oh, I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, I I always knew about Aerith, and I know she dies. But I, again, I had never played it, so I had no context for who she was. Within like ten minutes. I am like, I am going to be so upset yeah. when she dies now because even, I already even, love her. I immediately fell in love with her. When I, when I was a kid and I was playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time and Aerith died, I was like, oh, that's too bad. But like, I'm happy Tifa, I'm happy Tifa's still here. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So that's how if it Tifa dies in this remake, I'm going to have to like question oh, some it, things. It'd be devastating. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> hope they do the thing where it's like, you can't escape. This is fate. No matter how much we play with Destiny and put you in a position to play with Destiny, some things you cannot escape. I agree. I think the the worst fate, worse than not her, her not dying, is one where they create multiple timelines where it's like, choose who you want to die. I don't want yeah. that. That's the no, one I thing I, I, I do. No, I don't want that either. Like, I, make I, a choice. I agree. Yeah, like 100%. Eric will remember what you chose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. Oof. Yeah. But man, what, what, yeah, I'm, what, what, what a game. A game. What a game. Yeah. 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 I'm just so happy that it's I, it's as good I as know. it is. If you were to tell me that I was going to become a Final Fantasy uh, stan in the year uh, 2020, I would have been like, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? That game came <laughs> out like 23 years ago. It's too late for me. I'm, there's no way I can like that game. I really thought I was over this part of my life. I really thought I was done with the the Final Fantasy fandom that I was. Mm-hmm. I was really a big fan in high school, and then I like fell out of it. I was like, oh, these kind of like they're too long and i'm not really into them and the writing's not good enough and like whatever and now i'm back i'm so back into it (laughs) it it makes me feel positive for square in a way that Mm -hmm. because again final fantasy's just never grabbed me you know like 13 didn't grab me and 15 like you know those games have their their moments and their elements but they just never worked for me and i figured like these games just aren't for me anymore the stuff square makes just maybe isn't for me anymore but like this gives me hope that like i'm excited at like what Square is going to do next, even outside of Final Fantasy, uh, you know, the remake of Seven. Like, what's Sixteen going to be like now? I feel like they have a Square really Nix. good foundation. Yeah. Do I have to play this MMO? Is that what oh, this means? Oh, Ziv is very, very good. But yeah, that's what I hear. It's it's it, it's also <sighs> upfront sixty hours of one of the most boring games you ever played. In <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I I started it and I'm com- I'm committed to playing it because. Uh, of Michael Hyam and how much he just mm. obsesses over that game, but really? you do have to grind through the Realm Reborn stuff, so which the, is yeah, painfully bad. They are streamlining it, so it's worth letting them finish streamlining that. I Maybe. did it. I got forty hours in, and then I moved countries, and I cannot access that account again. So oh, I'm yeah. locked out of that. If I want to do it, I have to go all over oh, it from the beginning. But you know what? I've been thinking about. Imagine if they did this style of remake for Chrono Trigger. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, right? my, oh God. my God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Guys, we didn't even no, talk th- about the combat in this game. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I remember oh, yeah. when, when they announced that, like, oh, we're going to update the combat system to uh, fit a more, like, modern action RPG style. I was like, well, that's it. Like, <laughs> rip, rip this game. But uh, 
I think I think it's up there with like Kingdom Hearts two as like the best. I love it. Action RPG I, yeah, game. Yeah. I've ever played. I, I think this is the best playing. Fun- I've said I said it in my review. I think this is the best best playing Final Fantasy there is. Like, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely Absolutely. of all the ones that aren't the very traditional turn base. Like I've that's been one of the things that have never quite clicked with me with modern Final Fantasies is the combat. Like I actually like 13's combat. I think it it does some interesting stuff, but none of them have never felt. Like, I don't know, there's always something about them that just feels off and it feels like they've been trying to experiment but never quite getting there. And I I played this and I was like, ah, they figured it out, finally. It took them a while, but they finally figured out what they want modern Final Fantasy combat to feel like. And it feels really good. Yeah. And it's tough. This game is tough. It keeps just enough from, like, the traditional turn-based tactical menu stuff to, like, feel... It gets it gets the feeling of that stuff across without being like burdened by it, which because like yeah, those battles, those menu battles, like they can get real plotting, and it just it, it none of that is in this at all. It just totally washes it away. But it gets all the cool like thinking about what you're doing, making sure your your teammates are like executing the right moves and like paying attention to everybody's positioning and stuff. It gets all the good parts of it with none of the the drawbacks. It's so good. It was it was interesting because. In the in the early game, I I started using the hotkeys um, to assign specific abilities to certain characters because I was like, oh, like how, what can I do to speed this up? Like how can I make this more streamlined? But by the end of the game, uh, I stopped using those entirely because I was like, what do I need to be doing in this exact moment with this specific mm-hmm. character? And I kept I I just used the menu every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I spent a lot of time like once I'd figured out the weakness in an enemy or a target, I'd I'd use like the shortcuts because I knew exactly what I needed to get out of it. But any sort of unfamiliar or tricky or difficult battle, I would be very meticulous in in everything. And yeah. also like when you're trying to do things like unlock specializations, sorry, using the uh, you know the weapon abilities and that kind of stuff, you need to be a little more uh, like handholdy and get get involved and switch between characters so and that requires a lot of micromanagement in a satisfying way um right. it's it's a lot of fun i'm actually really interested to go back and try hard mode because i have a feeling that it's gonna really make all those systems uh really shine the way they work together like you can kind of muddle through a lot of the fights in normal mode like some mm-hmm. of them are really challenging hell house was really challenging I'll, like a lot of the stuff toward the end that that fight with rufus was one of my favorites that yeah. is ever in the game mm. but um you can kind of like just you know let your guys do whatever i have a feeling that hard mode is gonna really like make all that stuff mesh in a way that really shows how good it is i'm really i'm really looking forward to going back and and playing more fights basically agreed hard, hard mode's really good even is even it? even guard scorpion is pretty tough oh man Damn. another yeah. 40 hours uh, all right yeah. oh dude i can't wait I'm, I'm so down to play through again well all right is there uh any other <laughs> noteworthy things that we didn't mention that you guys want to want to uh shout out about this this game that we all feel very very strongly about i think i've said everything i can say about final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> yeah. at this yeah, point right. <laughs> i guess, cool. I guess it's just Especially like you tomorrow a, a lasting thought that I'll leave with is uh, they did it. Like they, there's no way they could have done it, but they did it. It's uh, yeah. it blows my mind. Yeah, the yeah, the, the phrase "too big to fail" comes come to mind a whole <laughs> bunch of times. One because like I I now I think about it like there's 
a world where they screwed this up was that even possible <laughs> um not to undersell the achievement but like i can't believe they did it man they did it and like i can't believe i loved it as much as i did um yeah yeah i would say yeah, even too. if if the the later episodes don't don't hit quite as well i i would say I mean, I mean, maybe my opinion on it will change. It could, they could, it could, if it really shits the bed, maybe my opinion will change. But I would say this still feels <laughs> like it stands on its own as an achievement. Listen, yeah. listen. What I, as as a Game of Thrones fan, I can tell you <laughs> that you'll be surprised at how how impactful a bad ending can be on a whole that's, thing. That's actually a really good point. You know what? Yeah. Well, well, I do, Let's not think about. I do that. love about this. <laughs> what I do love about this is that it feels like its own thing. It is a chapter a complete chapter, one whole story. There's more to the story and sequels can like fill that out, but it's like a Star Wars movie. Like you can enjoy any given original trilogy Star Wars movie um, free of the like larger tale that it's telling. And I think this is that too. Like it, maybe it'll suck in the end, but it's not like episode one of Final Fantasy. It's like Final Fantasy one and then we'll get Final Fantasy two mm. and Final Fantasy three, et cetera. And yeah. so I'm, I'm happy with that at least. We have this. It's very good. Even if it, the rest of it's bad, this will still be good. That's what I think. Yeah, and and the thing I'd also say is like I know a lot of people have some issues with with some of the changes that been made. Um, and there's a lot of people upset about what could happen in the future. Worry about that later, man. Just enjoy yeah. the game <laughs> for what it is now. Like it's it's solid. It's it's amazing. Just just just. This, there's so much to be upset about in the world. Just enjoy <laughs> something. Just enjoy it and just enjoy what it is right now. And if right. it turns out many years, five years in the future that that they screw it up, you wouldn't have... At least you had a time when you enjoyed the thing <laughs> and you had yeah. a good yeah. time. You've got a lot it. of years. you got a lot of years to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you've never played Final Fantasy or you're the biggest fan in the entire world, you're going to get a lot out of this game. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, but hopefully you aren't watching this to the very end if you've never played this game. Uh, hopefully you <laughs> play it first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's about doing it. Uh, thank you, everyone. for uh, Thank you guys so much for, for hanging out for a good hour and a half listening to hmm. us. If you made it all the way through the end, uh, you're a, hmm. a real champion. You know, I, I had a really great time chatting with you guys about this game. I think this is the kind of sure. game that, like... It doesn't happen that often, but there are, there are the, just those games where I'm like, I need to talk about this with people. I just need to sit here and talk about these oh, moments man. and these scenes. Uh, and I was happy to do it yeah. with you guys. Is I mean, it's a ten out of ten game. I, mm-hmm. Deserving of a discussion. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say we don't we we're very rare with ten out of tens, but then we gave away two this week. <laughs> Both very very deserving games. Very, very deserving. Very deserving games. Like I I. I I couldn't see Persona Fiber uh, Royal getting anything less than a ten anyway, having played what yeah. I played. So now that I finished, that's actually the next game I'm gonna play. So just yep, gonna, I'm gonna keep this JRPG train rolling. Uh, so yeah, so thank you again for watching, everybody. If you liked this and stuck all the way through, uh, and aren't subscribed to us, you probably should. Um, and you know, we'll definitely have more. If if you like specifically if you like the spoiler cast uh please like let us know um we don't do these that often i think we kind of just do it for games that we really care about but if that's something our audience likes and we feel passionate about it we're more than happy to to do stuff like this so please let us know um and yeah just i don't know go play final fantasy start it up again play play it on hard do it uh 
Talk to us on Twitter because I will yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Oh, forever. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm at Tomor H. Come and tell your opinions to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Phil Hornshaw, just all one word. I don't really have a Twitter. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> smart, smart man, smart man. <laughs> talk, talk, talk to them. Talk to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll relay messages yeah, for Nick. Yeah, yeah you, so we'll you can, bring, you we'll can find me. We'll bring the concerns to Slack. We'll definitely. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at John Luke if you want to talk to me about Final Fantasy. Thank you so much for watching, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.